This is the Vinyl Revelations podcast. Good evening. I am the captain. And I'm the Sharpie. Welcome. We are listening to, I'm going to talk about Paradise Lost, Draconian Times. Welcome. Welcome to the Vinyl Revelations podcast, the podcast where two friends speak about the music that we both love and are inspired by. And like the captain said, we are going to discuss Paradise Lost, Draconian Times this week. Captain, how are you? I'm just maxing and relaxing. Max we've, had a, we've had a few beers tonight, so we're, we're, we're lubricated, we're ready to rock. Sharpie, I see you've already got a few beers, and in fact, you've all you've you've, you've gone the extra mile, and you've got cheese and biscuits. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Yes, oat cakes and cheddar, the the mother of all snacks, really, isn't Indeed. it? Indeed. Well, before we get cracking into this, this amazing album by this really um, a band which I think are actually a little bit underrated. I think massively underrated. Massively underrated. Yeah. Yes, they've got so many. Like how many albums they've got? Like sixteen albums. Sixteen. And. There's not a stinker in them. No. There's ebbs and flows. Yep. But definite the, progression through their early yeah, stuff. Yeah. All of it is like way above. But average. remarkably consistent for quality. So long now. Yeah. So yeah. long. Yeah. I have to say, um, the first time I really like, I was aware of Draconian Times in 1995, but the first time I really kind of paid attention to Paradise, Paradise Lost was I was in the Czech Republic. Uh, walking along the streets, and I saw posters for them everywhere. And the reason I bring that up is I see a really nice beer here. Sharpie, talk to me about this beer here. This was one that I got a wee while ago. Um, it's Overtone, and there's a Scottish Czech pun in there. Yeah. Check yourself. Yourself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Czech as in C-Z-E-C-H, yourself. Yeah. I think that looks like a fine beer. Shall we start with that one, Sharpie? It's in yeah. a can. It's, it's in a can, so... Yeah. yeah. Oh, lovely, yes. Absolutely. It's been in the fridge, so it should be... Tres Bond. Oh, I'm going to... Lovely, lovely. Glug, 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 glug. Just give me that one. So, yes. Paradise Lost. Sharpie, this is the band that we've sort of referred to, we've hinted at in many of our previous 30-odd episodes. <laughs> um, but we finally got round to talking about it. Now, you're the Paradise Lost guy amongst the two of us, but we're both into it. Uh, but you're you're the expert, I think. Well, I don't know about expert. I'm yeah. certainly a big fan of theirs. The longer fan, I think. Yeah, can be fairly safe. I guess the the first place to start is uh, we kind of spoke about this pre podcast was that a band that we've both arrived at from different places. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I've dug out <laughs> from the depths. Of my collection, a little tape. A cassette tape. A cassette tape. So if anybody is below the age of 35, you might not know what a cassette tape is, but it's one of those things that you used to put in a Walkman. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a sampler tape, essentially. Wow. And um, there used to be a variety of um, musical publications to suit all whims and desires, um, Terrorizer, Kerrang, Metal Hammer. And this was from Raw. Uh, and it's a... Twi- Raw magazine, yeah. Raw magazine. Yeah. Um, and it's a 20-minute um, interview with the band um, mixed with four songs. Um, 
So it's kind of like a promo thing. Yes, it's very much a promotional thing. Um, Enchantment, uh, Once Solemn, Shades of God and Forever Failure. And the band, through this um, sampler, discuss their inspiration and their, um, you know, how they they, they progress their sound a little bit. And it really captured me. It yeah, yeah. really captured me. And then there was these... So was this your first introduction This to was my first oh, okay, introduction yeah. to Paradise yeah. Lost on the build-up to them releasing yeah. Draconian Times. Yeah. And their sound was just so different yeah. from kind of uh, everything that was really around mm-hmm. at the time. So, you know, I was listening to a bit of thrash, a bit of grunge, yeah. bit of, you know. But um, these guys are a very... They're, well, they're metal, but they've got very distinct gothic tinge to their yeah. music which at that time um was really really unique you know so do you, do you think that that might be a product of actually where they're from I mean, they're a band from halifax in in west yorkshire in england which is uh, in england they say that's north northern england and it's it's kind of redolent of kind of like uh you know cold and sort of dark and grey and sort of stuff, even though I, it's not, but you know what I mean? I think so. I think there's probably yeah. a, a bit of that, yeah. a bit, you know, of the old Judas Priest Black Sabbath kind yeah. of thing. Well, um, I think it, one of the things that's interesting is like in the country England, you know, you've got, you've got basically the London, the South, mm. then we've often talked about the kind of the Birmingham sort of heavy metal New Obham sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then, but this is the first time we've talked about a band from like kind of North England, if you know what I mean? You know, they're kind of like, and they sound totally different to everything else. Yeah, you know they, what I mean, they, I just, they really do. I just wonder if that kind of like maybe more melancholic kind of atmosphere like brought something to it. Do you know what I mean? I think it maybe did. You know, I, I mean, their influences are quite varied. You know, there's a. I mean, Whitby is in Northwood. North yeah, North, I mean, which is Dracula. You know, their influences. There's a there's a documentary um, that we'll probably refer to quite a bit through this. Um, and they kind of speak a little bit about their their, their influences, you know, a bit of punk, mm. but a lot of underground yeah. metal of the kind of mid eighties, yeah. Napalm Death. Yeah, they are you know big friends with Barney from yeah. from Napalm Death and were redolent in the scene mm-hmm. kind of around that time. Yeah. So, um, and kind of you know grew their roots around that yeah. kind that kind of scene as well, but not kind of of that pure death metal um, kind of splinter like like Napalm Death but um, you know certainly respected within those circles yeah, yeah, you know? yeah they certainly started off like their first album Lost Paradise and Gothic definitely were in that kind of um, kind of British sort of death metal sort of thing uh, I listened to Gothic as part of like listening to this album and it didn't really quite like click with me but the album like the album cover is pretty cool and stuff like that. Very dark. I like it. I, I yeah, yeah, I quite like it. This, yeah. I mean, if you know, I was listening to Valenfire earlier yeah, on. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the guitarist's uh, Greg McIntosh's sort of side, side project. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think even then they've 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 got their unique mm. take on on that death mm. genre, don't yeah, they? You know. Yeah. So Sharpie, we've cracked on the beers. Let's go, priest. Prost. Cheers. Prost. Yep. Let's get cracking into this episode. Which I think we're both looking forward to. So, um, we're talking about the album Draconian Times. We're talking about Paradise Lost. Sharpie, 
you just told us that the first time you heard Paradise Lost was this cassette tape which I've got in my hand. It looks mm. like a pack of cigarettes almost. Like. I know, I know. Um, Draconian Times, talk to us. When did you first hear it? What were you doing? What was happening in your life uh, in sort of circa nineteen? I mean, that was, that was quite an interesting time music-wise in general. And I was kind of plugged into mainly... Kind of, I'd almost got over the grunge thing and was really going back into metal. So, mm. like, um, Machine Head, mm. um, Burn My Eyes was released in 95, um, and that was, you know, groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, absolutely groundbreaking. Sepultura had Chaos AD. Yeah. Um, spoiler for a, a future episode. Future episode. Yeah. Um, and, um, Pantera, uh, Far Beyond Driven, mm. things like that. So I was really beginning to plug myself back into harder-edged metal. Yeah. So I, I was kind of on the lookout and I was quite being, you know, very receptive to, mm. to new metal sounds, um, typo negative and things like that. So so this sampler, got it on my, ta my tape player. Yep. Um, really fascinated with what the band had to say to it. Couldn't wait to get hold of the album. Got the album the week it was released uh, on tape because I couldn't afford CD because it yeah. cost a fortune at the time. And I just about wore that um, tape out actually. So, <coughs> so this is this is your first Paradise Lost album? Yes. Right, okay. Yeah, this yeah. this was my first pa right. Paradise Lost album. And it's, it was Love at First Sight. Too. And it pretty much, pretty much was. Yeah, yeah well, it absolutely was. Yeah. And I basically kind of loved every second of this yeah. album. And... Um, it was quite interesting. This was the first album where I felt a difference between myself and my peer group, mm -hmm. who I was um, kind of friends with at the time. Yeah, they were more in, still more into their kind of more grunge oriented stuff. Well, it's interesting that you're, because that's like nineteen ninety five. I mean, this album came out I think in January nineteen ninety five, but like the promo would have been done sort of tail in nineteen ninety four. And of course, like we did an episode on uh, Nirvana, never mind. Kurt yeah. Cobain would have died in nineteen ninety four. Oasis would have been yeah. sort of kicking off yeah. in the UK about nineteen ninety four. It was unplugged. Nirvana unplugged was released ninety four. Yeah, so kind of like uh, like the passing of kind of like one big thing had sort of happened, and yeah. it was something kind of yet to be determined. Yes. Was sort of coming, and yes. yeah, I'm interested that you said like uh, Paradise Lost is kind of metal because like it. I mean, obviously, it is metal in the broad scope of things, but it's not like those other metal bands you're talking about. No, it's not like Anthrax. Yeah. It's not like Sepultura. Yeah. It's more melodic. It's more uh, melancholic. It's more, um, it's more sing-alongable. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's uh, um, yeah, so I just, I'm being They're their own thing. Yeah, yeah. Part of, and this is what, what I realise immediately with Paradise Lost, that this, this is a band with such a unique sound mm -hmm. and they've done different things through yeah. their career but they've always maintained their own yeah. character with what they do yeah. um, and I mean there's a there's a progression of sound yeah. through their entire discography and certainly their early stuff almost culminates yeah. in, in draconian times I, I feel yeah um, so well, maybe that's good. You, you were talking about. So I, I just got to correct myself. It was actually June '95 this album came out. But um, so the first two albums, Lost Paradise and Gothic, um, kind of death metal. Death metal. Yeah. They, More straight up death metal. Yeah. 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 Then they moved to Music for Nations, which was a British label, which was doing a lot of interesting stuff. 
And then it came up with the kind of like what we've started described ourselves as like a holy trinity of albums. Shades of God. Yes. Icon, which yes. we're listening to in the background, which you can maybe hear. And then culminating in draconian times. Thereafter, they move into kind of something kind of goth synth Britpop type thing, which we both love. It's a bit of a thing. We'll, we'll talk about that later, but mm. we're talking about draconian times. Icon and draconian times particularly sort of define the Paradise Lost sound. Yes. All the elements, all the ingredients that make the band, regardless if they, they go synth pop or kind of back to their sort of death metal, growly yep. sort of thing, that's the, the, the key ingredients are in that and they've yeah. continued that throughout uh, their career. Um, so, Icon, well, I listened to Shades of God when I was re researching this and I loved the album artwork, but mm. the album itself didn't really catch me. But Icon, which came out in 1993, I really quite liked. It was yeah. very similar to Draconian Times. Maybe a harder, maybe not not harder, but maybe more sort of like um, uh, how do you say, less melodious, but more yeah, rocky, I, there's more. Like it's more metal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And I think the production is maybe just not quite so good as right, as yeah, Draconian yeah. Times. But I think these two albums could almost be seen as a mm. bit of a pairing in their yeah. in their discography. And yeah. I think the band maybe see. Draconian Times as a yeah. as a direct progression yeah, yeah. from from Icon. So for any listeners who are maybe not familiar with Paradise Lost and Paradise Lost, and that might be the case because Paradise Lost have got a kind of pocket where they're kind of so, they should be bigger in the UK than they are. They're mm. not, but most people know about them. I think in Central Europe they're big. Yes, Germany, Austria, Czech Republic, maybe Italy, something like that. If you're in the States, if you're in they had a terrible Spain. time in the states. I don't yeah. think you've had much exposure yeah. to them. So, so let's maybe just quickly kind of like let's just throw a couple of band names out who, where you might be able to kind of like associate them. So, like for me, um, I would say actually um, like Typo Negative would be a, a yes. band that's very similar. I would also say actually um, Him Early Him, yeah, are similar in a different way. You know, yeah, in the sense that it's heavy but it's melodic. Um, Gothic, yeah, tinges to yeah. it, and uh -huh. um, idle hands unto others. Yeah, definitely. Well, I like, think, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if, if if idle hands or you know unto others as they're known now um, have ever heard of, of Paradise Lost, but I there's just now and again yeah. a flash yeah. of a guitar melody, and I yeah. thought that's very Paradise yeah. Lost, you know. One of the interesting things from that Over the Madness documentary about Paradise Lost was somebody, I think it was the guy from Celtic Frost, said, I'd never heard a combination of Candlemas and, uh, oh God, Bathory. Oh, and, wow, yes. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I've only become acquainted with those bands in the last couple of years, but it's kind, it's not immediate, but when, yeah. you, when you say it, it kind of, yeah, that kind of works. Um, I mean, there's other bands like Sisters of Mercy, like that kind of like, it's a kind of uniquely sort of British sort of sound and yes, aesthetic. It it's it's um it's it's not like balls to the wall kind of motley crew type thing. It's something more introspective and kind of like almost like cyberpunk rainy streets and sort there, of there's stuff. There's an odd melancholy, cynicism. Yeah, melancholy and cynicism. Yes. Yeah. I think uniquely Yeah. Not just even uniquely British, but I think you were alluding to that Yorkshire yeah. thing, Halifax thing, yeah. of that kind of um, slightly tongue-in-cheek, cynical view of life that yes. comes out in their music <laughs> yeah. quite a bit. 
I always remember this kind of like anecdote, like what, like what's the difference between like German humor and kind of British humor? And German humor is like laughing from the top down. Ha ha, the guy fell. Ha ha ha. But whereas British humor is kind of like laughing from the ground up. Ha ha, I fell, but I tripped the guy over at the same time. Ha ha ha. That kind of sort of. Um, approach uh, but yeah one of the other things that I was we're talking about idle hands um, onto others in our kind of uh, top albums of 2021 uh, but when we were talking about them the other bands that came to sprung to mind were Fields and the Philium and yeah. The Mission and I hear a lot of that in this yes yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair and, if you're, so and I think as they go through their electronic stage yeah. of their career very much so yeah. and actually I was listening to Host and thought there's a bit of Eurythmics in there as well. Eurythmics and most clearly Depeche Mode. Yeah, which is absolutely. probably the biggest like British bands ever. One other thing I've got to state is actually I hear, in Draconian times particularly, I hear a lot of the cult. Now, the cult are not... They don't sound anything like um, Paradise Lost, but I think Paradise Lost must have been influenced by them in the use of kind of like phasers and flanges on the mm. guitars and that kind of shimmery sound mm. and there's actually something more to that they talk about a band called Southern Death Cult which I'd never heard of but the singer from the cult Ian Asbury was the singer in it is. Southern yeah. Death Cult it is. and yeah, yeah, I, I understand that that Ian Asbury like lived in like Yorkshire or something yeah, or yeah. somewhere like you know you know Northern England so so if you're not familiar with Paradise Look, that's the kind of bands that you're sort of talking about that they were influenced by um, the remarkably consistent lineup. It's been the same singer, Nick Holmes, uh, bass player, Stephen Edmondson, uh, guitarist, as you were t- er- mentioning earlier, Sharpie. Gregor McIntosh, yeah. McIntosh. I'm a big fan of his, I have yeah. to say. I love I love a guitarist with a unique signature tone. Yeah. And um, he's absolutely got yeah. that, absolutely got yeah. that. And then the other guitarist is Aaron Eddy, who's kind of more the rhythm guy. The drummers, they've that's changed a few times. Um, the drummer on this particular album was the original one, Lee Morris, who uh, left the band in 2004. Let's, so we've given the, the audience a little bit of a kind of background to sort of Paradise Lost. Sharpies is munching into a cheese and, cheese and oat cake biscuit. Let's talk about this album, right. So you got it on tape. Mm-hmm first uh, so why did you buy it you know back in 1995 there was no internet you couldn't just like listen to the album you had to sort of take your money and just like throw it on the table and pretty much you know so that hope you get a blackjack and I, and I think this is the addictive part of being a music fan mm-hmm. is that when you invest your hard-earned money in physical copy mm. and it resonates with you and it hits with you hard and you you can immediately relate to it and mm. you love the sound of it immediately, then that's, it's quite a thrill. Mm. And that feeling is actually quite addictive. So, I mean, had you heard any of, like, there was two singles for this album, The, the Last Time and Forever Failure, I believe. No, the, honestly, the first time I'd ever heard anything of this band was on that 20-minute interview tape. And, I mean, there's, I think the singles are essentially on that mm. Um yeah, forever failure. Forever failures yeah. on that. Yeah, and um, that's such a striking song because it's, yeah. it's got such a notable vocal hook, and um, there's uh, Marlon Manson. Uh, not not Marlon Manson. Manson uh, Char- uh, Charles, Charles Manson. Manson yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a 
you know, a, a, a monologue, yeah, a monologue yeah. from him on it and things like that. So, um, the cool thing about that song is it's kind of unusual. Like most like heavy metal songs have got quite a defined intro, you know, like a riff. It just goes and, straight into the vocals. This is like you literally the first, exactly the like as soon as the drum kicks, mm. the band and the singer are starting, and it's quite um, and as you say, it's got that greatly. No, I think you that takes. I think first of all that takes guts to do that yeah. with a song. Yeah, yeah. Second of all, that takes a lot of skill to yeah, do as well. Yeah. yeah. Particularly live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you basically just, I just you just bought it because you'd heard that tape, you'd seen it, and, yeah. and you went, you went in. And this is this is for me. This is yeah. this is a fantastic new sound. Yeah. Um, I like the cut of the band's jib. Yeah. Um, I can relate to them. Um, and, and actually, they got a lot of exposure in the music um, media at that time, in mm. <clears throat> all the all the magazines. Yeah, Kerrang had features on them. Yeah, is this the most miserable band in the world and all that sort <laughs> of stuff? Um, but it's all it was all just building interest, and you know, and, and you couldn't actually escape Paradise Lost for a short, concentrated amount of time around this album. Mm-hmm. So they were immediately like I was buying. I mean, I was I was like a sponge for for stuff, you know. So, um, but d- definitely, this was the first album where I was into, but s- some of my peers <coughs> weren't, yeah. you yeah. know. And I, this is a band that I felt I had made my mind up on. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. How about about yourself? You, you I kind of alluded to earlier on that. Um, you got into this band in a different way. Yeah, well, I suppose before getting into like exactly how I got into it, I was aware of this album at the time. I um, I had, uh, I think I'd seen the video to The Last Time, mm-hmm. which is basically, I'll try and describe it, it's kind of like them wearing kind of fancy shirts, standing in a pool of water with a kind of pink background, mm. something like that. And you know it's got a really catchy hook, you know, hearts bleeding, hearts beating, and to be honest, I kind of like I had a sort of like a, a sort of sonic and visual dissonance because like they looked, what they had that kind of like at that time what I would describe as a sort of like a death metal look, you know, yeah, the wavy hair and the sort of black jeans and shit like that, but the sound was not death metal; it was quite accessible. But somehow, like at the time, you know, I was listening to like Terror Vision, I was listening to Jamiroquai. You know, to be honest, my favorite bands at the time probably would have been like Pink Floyd and Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Still, I was still, I still hadn't kind of found my foot, footing just just then. So, I was aware of the album, and then they went into their sort of uh, we'll talk about later their kind of like Depeche Mode period, and then I kind of completely forgot about them. But yeah. As I said, I was uh, I happened to be in Czech Republic. I saw these posters for their tenth album, Paradise Lost, and then uh, a friend of mine gave me a copy of it. And I was like, Paradise Lost, Ugh. I stick it on. And I was like, whoa, this is mm. brilliant. This is absolutely, this is before I became a Depeche Mode fan. This is before I became a him fan. This is everything. I was like, wow, this this sound of heavy guitars, melodic uh, lyrics, um, and piano and keyboards, and just everything atmospheric. But I thought, wow, this is, this is yeah. brilliant. I really, really like it. So I got into Paradise Lost on that album. Right. And then I got into then the next album came out was In Requiem, which was a little bit uh, 
we're starting to move back to a kind of heavier sort of sound. I, I still love that album. I think that album, it, it, it starts really great. It tails off a wee bit just towards the end, but I just thought, wow, this is really, really cool. Um, and it happened to be, when I was living in Germany, they were playing, uh, and I said to my, uh, my wife, I said, we've got to go and see this band. I'd love to see them. And I thought, wow, they, like, they were, this would have been about 2009 or 10. And I just thought, wow, this is great. Mm. This is really, really great. Now, admittedly, for this album, Paradise Lot, uh, sorry, Draconian Times, which is their big album, I had only listened to it for the first time properly when we were researching for this podcast. Really? Yeah, I, I knew, I could, I could have almost drawn you the picture of mm. the album cover, and I knew a lot of the tracks, but I didn't know the album. Yeah. You know, one of the, maybe a slight criticism a lot of like Paradise is, they, like, the, the songs have a, a similar vibe, perhaps, melodic, not particularly fast paced, and sometimes I think it, uh, because I'd sort of like been a little bit dismissive of them, I was like, oh, that sounds good, but it wasn't enough to like engage me. But yeah. now that I've actually taken the time to listen to it, I think, wow, that's really, really good. Mm. And I've listened to a lot of their uh, other albums, even some of the, like, the last the albums from the last sort of 10 years, which have gone more to the sort of deathy sort of thing. Like their last album, Obsidian, I thought it was like, that's really, really good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, yeah. really good, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why I was saying at the start of the, the show, like, um, Wow, this is a band that has definitely not gotten the recognition that they deserve. Yeah, and we've kind of mentioned this well before, like you know, like in the UK, we tend to be a bit dismissive of like a lot of pioneering things. You know, like Black Sabbath were kind of like dinosaurs, and Judas Priest. You know, it's only now, mm-hmm. kind of, as they get into their kind of like geriatric phase, that people start to appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think that, that's yeah. a very good point. Yeah. So you are listening to the Vinyl Revelation podcast. We are talking about Paradise Lost. We're talking about the album Draconian Times. It's a Stunning album. Sharpie, what were some of your um, thoughts about the change in style of Paradise Lost after this album? Now, th- this is a good question. So, uh, was it two years, I think, went by um, and still didn't, hadn't really got Draconian Times out of my system. Mm. Still listening to it, you know, a lot regularly. Yeah. So, you know, really looking forward to their, you know, their follow-up. Yeah. And um, of course, mooching around um, Old Haunt one up. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah. In their new release, new releases section, there was, of course, um, this album with um, an old lady's uh, face on the front. Yeah, in black and white. Yeah. The um, new Paradise Lost album uh, with a gold spine. Just um, atypically gothic metal mm, yeah. look, and fired it on. The first thing I greet you is a piano. Yeah. And this is the beginning of their them moving away from the death kind of metal towards their. Um, more orchestral synthesizer kind yeah, of I, I, I stuff. There's still a lot of metal yeah. in one second. Yeah. But it's a step removed. Yeah. I was just going to say that I think Icon and Draconian Times, I wouldn't call them sort of death metal. I would call them kind no. of like, I'm going to say rock, because I can't, like gothic. Is gothic rock the right way? It's Paradise Lost, but yeah. the, the closest thing I can say is it's kind of like a gothic rock sound. Yeah. And then 
Yeah, when they jump onto EMI, they change labels. One second comes out in nineteen ninety seven, which is kind of like a an interstitial period in like music, particularly in the UK. Suddenly, they've gone from like a rock sound to a kind of goth synth Brit. And there's Depeche Mode. Sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, I loved it. I yeah. actually loved it. Um, yeah. And I hadn't, you know, actually I hadn't heard these. What's albums. some of the big, What's some of the big songs from that one? Well, one second is a great song. Yeah. yeah one. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of looking, you know, the run of one, two, three, four, six, Disappears is a great song. Yeah. It's just, I would say this is like an eight or nine out of, like Draconian Times yeah. is a ten out of ten album, yeah. right? Yeah. Start to finish. Yeah. Like, I know that album as well yeah. as I know my own heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, but this album is still an, one second is an eight, eight or nine yeah. out of ten. I, and I'm looking... Down the, the the track listings and every one is a banger in its own yeah, own yeah. right. Um, oh, take me down even. Yeah, I mean maybe take yeah. Well, they're all great songs because I mean I actually yeah, like I got like this it. album um, uh, a few years ago and my wife I used to play it in the car. But yeah. My wife like really enjoyed it. It was like a like a really it's a really great album. Like. It is a different sound. Different sound, yeah, yeah. I think two years down the line, and with Metallica had gone through load and reload, and a few bands had altered yeah. their sounds, and like I, I it's a more I, accessible sound. It is, yeah, it yeah. is. But at the same time, as a fan of the band, I don't want a band to continually regurgitate yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I'm interested when bands. Yeah push themselves and progress themselves. Yeah. I actually like that. Yeah, and I like I like that when it's done well. Mm. And this series of this pocket of, of three albums are yeah. Yeah. interesting in their own ways. Yeah. Host is maybe too far into the electronic for my, maybe my personal taste, but certainly um, one yeah. second and I say uh, believe in nothing. I, I really like but yeah. this this is Probably the best of the three. I haven't actually heard Believe in Nothing, but that, that's the that that's the trio of EMI albums. So clearly, like EMI, big label, um, Paradise Lost. have got a melodic like hook to them. Yeah. And they they could have seen like, listen, if we just push this a little bit, this could be gold dust. Yeah. You know. And obviously, like I say, it's the more electronic sound. Um, it's it's a handbrake turn for for this band, but at the same time, it's not. It it kind of feels natural, even though it's. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like you know when you're driving on a motorway, like a motorway, like the all these sort of turns are, are kind of like calculated to be driven at sixty miles an hour. But sometimes you come one, yeah. which is like you have to like break at forty miles an hour to it's, do the turn. It's almost like, <coughs> excuse me, each album up to host, it's a progression and a uh, ex- expect yeah. an ex- experiment within themselves yeah. of. Where they can go of yeah. them as a band yeah. and their sound, yeah. and then it comes a point five or six albums down the line, a bit like Trivium, where they become their own intrinsic internal yeah. Yeah. influence. Yeah. So they at that point they know what works, they know what doesn't work, and then they can pull all these influences from within themselves yeah. and kind of like almost forge yeah. ahead. And this is where you've got this. Run of albums from this, like the, almost like the self-titled, kind of through to mod, you know, yeah, to, yeah. To the latest one where 
and they can discard the things that they maybe weren't so content with but at least they've gone through that process of trying yeah exactly yeah and that as a listener is is at least interesting yeah definitely. you know all, all if if you're not familiar with paradise lost if you're if you like any part of depeche mode then you will love one second host believe in nothing and probably symbol of life because it had the bronski beat cover oh, yeah, yeah. and boy so they were just picking up that kind of sound and in and kind of like um, what's the word? Uh, they were sort of like curdling it into their own sort of thing, and I think it culminates perfectly with their tenth album. I forgot about Symbol of Life. That is yeah. a fantastic album. Yeah, as that's well. the one with the kind of black idea. album with the kind of orangey swirly. It's sort like of a thing. dragon's yeah. tail or something. Yeah. But, but I think for me, like when you if you started like like Draconian Times is the culmination in the def- in the definition of their sound. Mm. Then you have these next sort of four or five albums where they they do the electronic thing and they do bits of other things. Then they come back, kind of to the Draconian Times sound, but add in all the best bits of those last five albums. Yeah, if you understand what I'm trying yeah. to say, you know, absolutely. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah I agree I, with that. I, that's why I, I really like uh, uh, Paradise Lost, album number ten, which is is the album with the kind of like two kind of naked figures with kind of like a like spikes coming out of their spine or something kind of mirrored i initially actually thought they were horses oh did you yeah two horse horse heads oh right oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. so yeah uh, and then thereafter you go into in requiem i just kind of remember like when i was getting into them uh, i was living in japan at the time and i just remember like youtube just sort of started and i would always see like like clips of like Paradise Lost playing in kind of like Eastern and Central Europe. Mm. They seem to be like really big there, you know, um, you know, like playing in like kind of Kiev and what have you. But yeah, I've got to admit, after Faith Divides Us, uh, I think that's the album title, Faith Divides Us, uh, Death Unites Us, very clever title. After that album, I kind of like moved on. Yeah. I didn't really check out the next couple of albums. Although you and I went to see them a couple of times mm-hmm. in between. So let's talk about live shows, Sharon. When was the first time you saw Paradise Lost? Uh, now, did I... I can't actually remember. I saw them on the Draconian Times tour. Did I? I must have. So I've seen them three times. So I must have seen them on the Draconian Times tour. I certainly saw them on the one second tour. And I saw them on Believe in Nothing tour as well. Oh, right. And all, was that in Aberdeen? Was that it? was in Aberdeen. It was in the Lemon Tree. Mm-hmm. Um... And I actually think the Lemon Tree was too small a venue for them. It's a very compressed venue, yeah. Yeah, and for such a big bat, I mean, you know, they're, you know, they're five piece, whatever, you yeah. know, so the, it, it's just too small a venue for them, I think, and they didn't really do them justice. Mm. It's good, to, but um, I think latterly when we've seen them, they've, you know, it's, um, it's so been we, a better yeah, venue. Yeah, so we saw them, I think, on... Um, what album was it? Was Medusa. The, yeah, yeah, and we saw them on the Plague Within album, yeah. I think. Uh, when, uh, well, so I've seen them five times, I'd say, in total. Five times, okay, yeah. So I, I saw them first uh, in Germany, actually, on the... Uh, in 2009. And uh, I remember taking my wife to that. Unfortunately, that was... Uh, on that occasion, um, the guitarist, Greg McIntosh, it was injured, I think. So it was some other guy who was playing guitar. But really great. And then we saw them, I think, in... on Yeah, it was Plague Within, when they were supported by Lucifer and Tribulation. That was the first time we saw Tribulation. And that was a good night, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Was great. And then uh, we saw them at the Classic Grand, 
on the Medusa tour, mm. and that was cool because they that's a cool all, venue. That I like. It's that cool, venue. yeah. And they played a lot of the kind of uh, that sort of like Depeche Mode era songs. Yes, they did. They actually dug in quite yeah. deep into that. Yeah. Play some deep cuts that yeah. night. Yeah, it was good. I think one of the things about like the, um, Paradise Lost is the singer Nick Holmes. He's he's a very kind of like dry witted guy. <laughs> he's um, how do I say this? He's not a great singer, but is a good singer. Yes. You know, um, I don't think he has a, a lot of confidence in his own voice. So he he sort of kind of like covers it with a bit of humour and stuff. There's times when it's like you can you can hear it's almost about to break, but when he gets it right, he sounds great. Yeah. And on recording times, he gets it really great. Now, obviously, they've yeah. gone to back to that kind of like sort of deathy, growly type thing, and. Uh, over the last sort of four or five albums, and it actually kind of, kind of works. I think actually. I think it does. Yeah. I think it does. I mean that, in itself, the fact that a band like this dropped the growled vocals, is an interesting thing in itself. Because yeah. I, I read an interview. Uh, it was a number of years ago, uh, with Nick Holmes, and he was asked about this, uh, and I believe he said that he he you didn't want to use growl vocals but because he felt it would date the albums. No, oh, okay. Yeah. But they've subsequently gone back to yeah. that. So, you know, is it the cyclical nature of music that, you know, you know the, the new metal thing has been and gone? Yeah. Because this is, if you look at the, the times of when the clean vocal albums released, it's around that kind of new metal time where nobody was really doing that. Yeah. So that's been and gone. Yeah. It was kicked down the road, and we're all kind of grateful for that. So now, basically, Paradise Lost feel they can do what they like. I think. You know? I think so. Yeah. I mean, there. Um, we were talking about uh, Opeth in one of our last episodes. Um, now, there's a connection here because uh, Paradise Lost are managed by the same company, Northern Music Company, uh, Andy Faro, and like we were talking about Opeth, like they're defined as one of these kind of like like kind of Led Zeppelin Deep Purple bands mm. and they, they need to be playing in these kind of like kind of historic venues yes. and it's a kind of a, an event show you know it's yes. not just a tour so Paradise Lost have been doing a lot of that recently you know they did a show in Plovdiv on the kind of like in that Greek amphitheatre type thing and oh, wow. they had a, a pretty cool kind of like a streaming thing during the, the kind of the deepest depths of the pandemic um, yeah so I think Paradise Lost are just one of these bands that, you know, I, I really can't say it enough. They're not really appreciated enough, mm. you know, because like there's something there for everybody with this yeah. band, isn't there? I you think know? so. Yeah, yeah. If you like classic hard rock metal, then yeah. you've got Icon, yeah. Draconian Times. Yeah. If you like more electronic based kind of yeah. stuff, you've got the three or four albums that yeah. host and yeah. One Second, Symbol of Life, Definitely. that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. If you like. I would say them going back to the death metal thing laterally mm. because they've got the impetus and the uh, the the band the sorry the the record label behind them. Yeah, you know their production and things is so much better than their early albums. Yeah. So you know they've and they've now got such a clearly defined sound and they're comfortable with yeah. who they are. Yeah. That um you know they've really driven home that. That mm. Paradise Lost death metal side of them yeah. in the past few albums, which has been actually really great. Obsidian is such a good album for yeah, yeah. I yeah. I mean, I must admit, when it came out, I didn't really pay any attention to it. But as part of part of like researching the band for this, I think one thing to say personally about Paradise Lost was that 
I kind of alluded to in previous podcasts that I dropped out of metal mm-hmm. around the new metal area because I really couldn't yeah. fucking stand it. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of dropped out of metal altogether, lost interest a little bit, and went into my um, kind of classic rock, kind of rock stuff, and digging yeah. into it and building up my original LP collection and things like that. One of the first bands that I thought, oh, you know, what are they doing? One was Machine Head. And the, the second band that I thought of, of picking up again, was actually a Paradise Lost. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, and I can't remember, let, what's, where's the album list? It was maybe Symbol of Life, maybe... Oh no, maybe it was Paradise Lost. It was around that time. Yeah, I... I um, that, that picked them up again. And thought, yeah, they're they're just yeah. just a great. I suspect it probably was part the album number ten, Paradise Lost, because that was them. Like I think, the previous the preceding four albums had that more overtly keyboard sound, mm. and I think Paradise Lost, album number ten, is the one where like everything comes back and just sort of fits. Yes, you know what I mean, yes, it, it just comes into yes to being, and that that's that's yeah. a good example of what I was speaking about of a band yeah. using their. Um, their, their experiences and their experiments yeah. as their internal influence. Yeah, yeah. So if, if you listen to like the previous, you know, four or five, six albums and then listen to Paradise Lost, it then all makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So you are listening to the Vinyl Revelations podcast. We were talking about Paradise Lost and the amazing album Draconian Times. Both Sharpie and the Captain's beverage glasses are empty, empty. so let's, let's crack open right. another one because so, this is such a great yeah. album it needs a second beer Sharpie what are you going to pick for us I found these cracking local beers mm-hmm. called um, from a, 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 an Edinburgh um, brewery at the, the foot of the Pentlands called Top Out um, you can probably why don't you read that because it's such an interesting thing I, so, I, right. I, I, I'm, I like hill walking and kind of ah, yeah. mountain stuff so these beers we're right up my, my Strasse, like. Yeah, and funny you should say Strasse because the two guys that own this company are Germans who live in Scotland. So yeah, at the foot of the Pentland Hills, you'll find our wee brewery where we combine our German and Scottish influences to create a great tasting quality beer. We were not producing everything behind, we're reaching out for our next top out in Scotland's wet and windy mountains. That's absolutely true. Yeah, super. Yeah, and they basically uh, abide by the Reinheitske boat uh, and use ingredients here in Scotland. And uh, yeah. Pretty so cool. each so, each t- different type of beer is dedicated to its own hill, and each label yeah. has got the contour the the OS map yeah. contours, yeah. Yeah. and it's got the spot height uh, that each uh, mountain is dedicated to. Yeah. So which one's this dedicated to? Can you, the writing's tiny wee. Sharpie hasn't got his glasses. No, I don't have his lenses. Uh, Frank. Ben Alder. Ben Alder. So Ben Alder is a is one of the most remote uh, hills in the Cairngorms. You need to cycle, or I mean, it's like a four hour walk along a loch side, or you know, it's a three hour, two three hour cycle, and it's normally you have to camp overnight because it's such an expedition to get mm-hmm. to. So it's quite a. I've been out there and I've attempted it, and it's it's, it's a stunning place to be. But it's very remote. Mm-hmm. So th- this is this one, um, Keller beer, um, Franconian lager, 
is dedicated to Ben Alder. Excellent. So that's a perfect opportunity. We'll crack open this beer. We're going to put on the actual album, Draconian Times, because ironically, we've been listening to the album uh, Icon. Oh, 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 oh it's oh, no. splashing everywhere. It's all going here on the Final Revelation podcast. This is the VRPC. This is not ABC. It's not the BBC. It's not CBC. It is the VRPC. So you can trust us. We are not government prod- propaganda. <laughs> you will get honest conversation and interesting chats. Sharpie, stick on Draconian yeah, let's, Times. Let's stick it's absolutely that time. Because now know, it's t- a matte black CD, you got to love that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because it's time we've got to talk about the actual tracks in the album, and we need to talk about the artwork. I think. Um, so, Sharpie, you said earlier in the podcast you know this album at the back of your hand. If I put a gun to your head, what is the favorite song? Ooh. Ooh. The gun is to your head now. Oh. Talk to me, motherfucker. Oh, does it forever feel your? Um, Forever Failure is a great song. Yeah, it really. Shad, I really actually like Shadow Kings. Yeah. Um, and Shadow Kings kicked off um, the first side of the tape. Yeah. Um, do 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 do. So it's got a yeah. really great kind of driving riff. Yeah, I like the guitar lines in that. I think one of the the key things for me on on vinyl um, uh, uh, Dragonian Times is um, Macintosh's kind of like. Uh, melody lead guitar lines mm. I think that really plays a big part of the sound you can, you can sing them all you know yeah. you can hum yeah. them you can sing them they're instantly memorable yeah and that, that was that was it so in my kind of early teens that um, cheers by the way that prost this looks like a nice beer actually yeah local mm, nice oh it is nice yeah um, yeah so though like being in in my teens and all that so those memorable guitar lines you know along with uh, you know the Metallica Black album mm. you know and all that kind of stuff it, it's kind of what what you want at that time isn't yeah. it yeah I think one of the things about um, a lot of the tracks in this album um, is they have really um, um, like arpeggiated kind of like um, like Sharpie's Sharpie's affecting a kind of rock star pose the neighbours are watching <laughs> um, yeah, as I, like I, I mentioned that cult earlier, the reason that I mentioned that is because they have that kind of shimmery, watery like guitar sound, and and a lot of the songs, particularly like Elusive Cure and uh, Year of a Change, which are kind of more later tracks, they kind of arpeggiated mm. guitar like um, like chords. They really, it really brings up kind of, kind of a, I was going to say actually orchestral sort of sound. Yeah, too. there's a huge orchestral element to, to this album. There's Strings and there's yeah. pianos yeah. and there's the, the guitars. I think are probably quite he- uh, carefully layered and things like that. Mm. Aren't they? Yeah. There's vocal choral elements to the vocals as well, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I just love that the sim. I've, I've described it as like shimmery, splashy sound. You know. Do you know? Is this a precursor to that ultra clean, crystalline, new metal sound? Do you think? I'm going to say no, and the reason I'm going to say that is because, like, really, Paradise Lost are one of these few bands that really just chart their own path. Yeah, fair. You know, yeah, I, that's fair. I, I'm not saying that they're not influenced by other people, and that you can hear other influences, like, I mean, Depeche Mode is a clear one, but they are, they just, they seem to, like, 
be like I think the char- the, the Yorkshire like character is be quite uh, obstinate. Mm. Like, I'll do my own thing. I know the way best. You know that is the kind of like the kind of cliche character. And I think this band's a little bit like that. They just did their own thing, plowed through. Yeah. They took their left turns, their right turns, but nevertheless they just did their own thing. And they've always come through like on, on the up. If you know what I mean. So, yeah. um, you know, I just think they're a, they're a band that, um, yeah. Put it this way, if you're not familiar with them, they're a band that you can play to your parents and one of the albums they'll like. They'll, yeah. And Draconian Times, most people will like it. They might not love it, but they'll yeah. kind of like hum it and they'll, they'll be kind of earworms in it. You know, my wife is absolutely not into heavy metal or anything, but yeah. like when I put on this in the car, she's yeah. happy. Yeah, my yeah. wife likes elements of, of Paradise yeah. Lost. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, not maybe not their latter stuff, by sure, any means, yeah, but yeah. certainly th- like this and yeah. their, you know, the, the the next couple of albums, like used to listen to quite regularly. Definitely, yeah. So I just think, that, um, I'm trying to think what my favourite song might be. I do like Shadow Kings. That's a nice song. I like. It's quite an unusual guitar tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah the toms yeah. as well yeah I just yeah look there's 12 tracks in this album and they're all great they're all great uh, this, yeah. yeah I mean we've covered albums and yeah. you know they're they're all very good most of them are very good apart you know yeah. we've obviously done uh, yeah. this is all, all killer no filler yeah. it really is yeah. there, there's not a bad track on this yeah. album it's 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 it is a it is a ten out of ten album, yeah, yeah. and I was thinking that when I listened to it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, building up for this, yeah. I thought there's not a single second of this I would want yeah. removed. I was I was just looking at my notes here, and I'm just saying like this album really it, it brings me back in a good way to the kind of like the sort of mid nineties. Just I love the artwork. The colours of the album cover, this kind of blue and red and stuff, it shouldn't work. It's kind of like we were talking about earlier, it's kind of like Harlequin colours. It's like a kind of Italian Serie B team. It, doesn't, it shouldn't work, but it's beautiful, you know. It's, yes. It's, um, and it, you know, it's so far removed from like, sort of like the Bleeding Skulls and exactly, all that. Exactly, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. I mean, th- this album, th- this band, they've got a, there's a beauty to, to a lot of what they do. Yeah. You know, a carefully crafted, um, Beauty to a lot of 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 the elements of, of their music and and like even one second it's a black and white picture but there's something captivating about that yeah. image as well you know yeah they're kind of working on a kind of higher level or um like in Requiem for example yeah. um you were saying about they're forging their own path yeah. so they released the album in a felt um, box mm. and um, yeah. it excluded them from the album charts because oh, right, yeah. it was cla- it was classed as something as yeah. a you know a, a special release or something but they didn't care because that's the package that they wanted to give to their mm. listeners yeah. and their fans yeah. so uh, you know and it's a beautiful thing yeah. you know and the, um, we'll come up to the last 10 minutes of this episode um, so like this album is the kind of landmark 
Paradise Lost album. They did a was it like a twentieth anniversary or was it a twenty fifth anniversary? Mm. I don't know Roman numerals like MMX one or something. Yeah, like I think that's twenty five. I think yeah. Or these the, these these yeah. albums. Yeah. I mean, I saw Roots, Sepultura's Roots coming up yeah. to some sort of twentieth anniversary. Yeah. Like, all these albums coming up to these big anniversaries yeah. are just like horrifying. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, um. You should definitely go out and buy this album and just have it because it's a great album. Yeah, I think that Hallowed Land is my favorite song actually. Ah. I'm just listening just now. I love, you know what I really like? I've always loved that ability for bands to like go from hard like rock or something quite driving and then to something quite like still and um, you know, like keyboardy, quite sharp. It reminds me a little bit of like uh, we did a, our second episode, I think it was Dark Tranquility Fiction, and I really like the way that the keyboards just sort of like cut through, yeah, you know, like a kind of heavy riff, you know, yeah, um, you know. I, so I think when you listen to a lot of heavy music and heavy metal, that you need things that cut through that a yeah. little bit, and Paradise Lost always do yeah. that with whatever album yeah. that you choose to listen to. That you know, there's a heavy element yeah. to what they do, but. Like you say, those dynamics yeah. just cut through just that what can be kind of like relentless yeah, exactly. heaviness. You know? Let's tie this episode up by talking about just the year nineteen ninety five. What was happening? Where where were things happening? So we were watching this uh, Donington nineteen ninety five thing uh, on YouTube. Uh, the bands that were sort of playing on that. Now I'm not sure Paradise Lost are actually on that. No, no, they weren't. But so I, I sent you. I mean, we may speak about this in our, in our next episode, actually. But '95 was an interesting one because there was no classic, what you may call classic yeah. rock yeah, bands. Yeah, yeah, it was the Metallica headlined. Yeah. So there was Metallica, Corrosion Conformity, Slayer, Slashes, Snake Pit, yeah. Therapy. Um, White Zombie out there. White Zombie. Yeah. Yeah. So very zeitgeisty yeah. bands. Out with the old and in with the new. Exactly, and yeah. if you look at the the the, um, the year before, there was uh, no there was there was no. There was I don't a, think there the was a missing. Missing. Yeah, like I think, year yeah, like. And that, so the year the, the, the previous year, who, who had like Motley Crue or something? I think like I think in nineteen ninety it was like White Snake or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. So maybe nineteen ninety two would have been Iron and Maiden. Then yeah. The year after that, Kiss headlined. But then you had Paradise Lost yeah. on the band yeah, yeah. Sepultura. Yeah. So '95 was a, I think, was a pivotal year. Yeah. That started. Yeah. It was a, a new zeitgeist. This, yeah. This was the the proto yeah. new metal. Like new metal was always going to happen. Yeah. But this was the foundation blocks yeah. of that in yeah. not just band sounds, but production techniques. Um, and things like that, you know, yeah. more crystalline sounds for quite heavy bands, yeah. you know. I just, I, I have like a memory of like listening to that on like BBC like radio rock show and stuff, and I just remember like, you know, obviously like, 1995, how old would I have been? Like 14? <laughs> um, yeah, it just was a, like, you know, when you're a 14 year old, that's when you're kind of discovering yourself, the things that you like, you know, you're going out with your friends and, you know, you're, you're, you're traveling further on your bike, whatever it is you're going in the town or whatever, you know, just, yeah. you know, just sort of like, become, like finding what it is that makes you, you type thing out, you know, you're, you're, 
stretching out with your kind of parents' control. If you know what I mean, in a good yeah. way. You know, you're becoming you. You know, and it's I like that. That's what I said. This the sound, even though it wasn't an album that I had any sort of connection with at that time, I was aware of it. Yeah. I knew the sound, and it just reminds me of that kind of like. Well, that's fascinating because I put this on, and it takes me immediately back to that time oh. immediately back to exactly yeah. what i was doing yeah. that year yeah. because it was so fresh yeah. and it, this this album is almost the zeitgeist sound of yeah. that year yeah you know yeah i think it was i mean like i say i, I was probably like listening more like to jamiroquai or something yeah. but uh, yeah their pictures were kind of like i was gonna say omnipresent but like back in that in 1995, Omnipresent was like a couple of magazines, not like kind of like plastered on your phone or yeah, you know everywhere, you know. But um, so yeah, listen, this is the Vinyl Revelation podcast. We've been talking about Draconian Times, the band Paradise Lost, Sharpie. I think you should close this one off. Yeah, the Paradise Lost. They're a band with um, varying styles through their career. They're a band that, like the captain alluded to, should be bigger than they are. They are a fantastic band of really quite incredible musicians, very unique, um, pulling together a variety of, of, of influences and styles, respected within the metal community, the particularly the European metal community. So if you don't know this band and are looking for a different sound than even what's going on around at this minute in time. Check them out. There's really there really is something there for everybody with, with Paradise Lost. So yeah, yeah, please please check Paradise Lost out. You won't regret it, I don't think. Um, but other than that, yeah. So thanks very much for for listening, folks. And um, we've got our next episode all lined up, which is going to be a cracker, I feel. Yes, we're going from Northern England to the Southern Hemisphere. Brazil! <laughs> Time to fog top. Yeah, obrigado. So, um, yeah, that was the uh, VRPC. Um, I am the captain, you are? Sharpie. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we love you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening, folks, and we'll catch you next time. Bye now.